0: Hey everybody, welcome into episode number 101. We have 101 Dalmatians, 101 episodes of the Curtain Call podcast. It's a production of the Yes Network. He is Yes Network president of production and programming, executive producer John J. Filippelli. I'm Justin Shackle, our excellent producer Dan Bussone with us as well. And John, I guess right out of the gate, I'm just curious, are you busy right now? Like are you as busy now as you are during the Yankee season, or have you you taken the foot off the gas here watching postseason baseball? You have more downtime. You have hobbies that you're tending to. What's uh what's going on in the life of of Flip these days?
1: Well, you know, you know, there are just there are degrees of busyness. You know, during the Yankee season, I mean, it's, it's just nonstop wall to wall because, uh, and no matter what you do, you know, you're usually about an hour and a half behind. <laughs> the next thing you're supposed to do so it's just you know it's it is nonstop. there's always things to to occupy yourself with and, so, and and when you're not in the present tense you're in the future tense you know you're looking at what's going to be next what are we working on after this so yeah the yankee season is incredibly busy as you can imagine uh and we but we get away from the yankees a little bit does it t- slow down we still got the nets you know that's you know take up a portion of our time the liberty you know there are other projects that were involved with program acquisitions and things looking down the road and future projects and, and you know shows that have to go into production and stuff so we're always looking at other stuff but it isn't as busy it's a little bit it's not as intense it's a little less busy for sure so you have a little bit more time and and quite frankly you need you have to catch your breath and you know and and, you know and unfortunately for me you know jared Boschnag does such a great job and as vice president of production and john littler you know so we've got a lot of people to you know for, for feedback and bounce ideas off and go back and forth on and so it you know it's uh it helps uh you know uh mitigate uh all the responsibility that, that comes with the responsibility of of, of having to run yes
0: all right so the short answer is yes you have, you do have a little more downtime here so what do you what do, you do? Oh, you what, are to, your, what are I your what you a
1: longer answer i thought it was like you know <laughs> i didn't know you wanted the short answer i don't know do you go <laughs> for like you know do you go for long walks
0: do you you know <laughs> look outside for... the window at the birds perched in the tree oh, what do you do
1: Oh, okay, well, right now I'm looking at what is it nice I say? I mean, it's, do I do I, I have some hobbies and things that I could do? I play a little guitar. I like photography. There are things that I like to do, but and I really don't get a chance to do very much of it during the baseball season. But you know, I do some, but not a lot. And the season ends, you get a little bit more. Yeah, I get a chance to do a little. But you, you have to exhale. I mean, listen, this is about it's a, it's a marathon, and you know, this next year is my fiftieth year doing this. And this is my twenty 20th, my 22nd year. Yes. So, you know, you you don't stay this long doing something. If you, you know, if, 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 it's, if, if it's going to be a sprint, it's not, it's a marathon. So you have to pace yourself and, you know, you learn the tricks of the trade a little bit where you're getting to, uh, you know, exhale a little bit and where you got to put the pedal to the metal, you know, that sort of thing. But Hey, it's uh, in the aggregate, it's all a lot of fun and it's all different. It's all challenging. And it's the thing that keeps you motivated and, and hopefully on the road to where you need to be.
0: I didn't have you pegged with photography. What a, yeah. what! What are what are some subjects you like to to photograph?
1: Now you're not going to be able to. We, this is not a, a, a.
0: Yeah, this is not a visual pod.
1: I'm getting too much reflection. Can you see that?
0: Oh yeah. What body of water is that?
1: That's the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. What's, do you see? What's above the Atlantic Ocean there? Uh,
0: a a storm. The like the mothership from Independence Day. Yeah, which one? Is <laughs> it?
1: You know what it is. It was a tropical storm that just uh, hit uh, Florida a few a few weeks ago. Oh wow. It was down in florida maybe six weeks ago maybe it was where it was and so i was down there and i took my camera and i i started shooting and you could see from the formation of how dark and deep those black clouds are and it was just struck me as like wow wow and it was and where i live you could see because of the viewpoint that i have you could see lines of demarcation so you could see the weather actually rolling in you could see from when it's raining to when it's not raining Or what it's, you could actually see it. You could see it in the cloud formations. And so this is where you could see it. And look how dark and and ominous these clouds are. This is.
0: Yeah, there's, I I would say, three quarters of the the picture that John took here is full of these dark, ominous clouds, and it's hovering over the Atlantic Ocean. So, uh, John Filippelli is an apocalyptic photographer.
1: Uh, Among other things. Yeah. But that's it. But that, so that's one of my favorite. Actually, I have a lot of other things I take it. But that, so someday we'll do a show of photography. I'll take you through some of this. But any which way. But this is just a, it's just a hobby, just fun. And if you take enough, here's the model of photography. If you take enough pictures, actually one or two of them might actually work. <laughs> so there you go. You know
0: that's it. Right snap, right time. That's correct. All right, this is gonna this is an interesting dive into uh this episode because I think it's probably one of the first episodes, definitely the first one that I've hosted with you, where we're we're not talking about the Yankees. Um the the baseball postseason's taken center stage and there are so many narratives at the moment. And I can't wrap my head around a couple of these, but these are some questions that I've been asking myself. One is like, have the Houston Astros become likable outside of Houston? right? Like, has a team from Philadelphia here, have they actually endeared themselves to people outside of Philadelphia, even to people in our neck of the woods here in in, in New York City? And I don't know about you, John, but I think the answer is yes. Both of them have really lit it up. Obviously, in October, they're finding ways, but it's like, for me, equal parts of them being really good and stepping up. And while that's happening, It's also a combination of other teams, other teams' fan bases, and especially Twitter, that paradise, all whining for the ball clubs that won 100-plus games, that were more dominant over 162 but are no longer playing. So I hear so much focus on those teams who are already packed up going home and not so much praise for the Astros and the Phillies and the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. Uh, where, Where do you think the focus should lie here?
1: Uh, I think that was such a broad statement that you just made. I I don't know how to unwrap that, uh, other than to just dive in and try to unwrap it somehow. Uh, although good strong statement, it's, there's a lot of layers to what you just. Mm-hmm. I would just say this is it, it, in the in the aggregate, as I like to say in the overview. I would I would go at it like this. Wow. <laughs> wow. Because you know, you look at that. The season ends, and you say to yourself, "Well, the Braves look like they're unbeatable. This looks like the best team in the game. They just are, were, and probably are." But the, sometimes the best team doesn't always reach the ultimate prize, right? Many times. But you look at that paper. They had that's the chalk. Dodgers, you know, big year. Dodgers, a great team. You know, great, great team. They are. Baltimore Orioles. Look at the here. The Orioles had. Amazing. I mean, you know, the, yeah, they they came on last year, but they knocked on the door last year. They they kicked it in this year. They really did. Give them a lot of credit. Their organization, a lot of credit. What they accomplished and Tampa Bay, consistent, always there in the playoffs, always you know ready to make a mark and a team you could never ever ever discount, right? You look at them and, and you and you and you. They, they, of course, the the Rangers, the Astros, the the teams that got, that got into this thing. And but you look at the, the teams that people thought on paper at least should be there and almost without exception they're gone almost without exception there's always a playoff series or two sometimes two usually just one where there's going to be an upset but not like these this is almost run the table on upsets this is a it's a new definition of upsets for 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 baseball playoffs is here you just saw it right here uh and you know and i'm I'm and you know i i we there's a lot of storylines here like i said there's a lot to unpack but I, the team is, that's, I mean, the Phillies got have been. There. The Phillies got to a World Series last year, so nothing they do should surprise anybody. They, they, they the say a lot of the same players, um, and that, that blueprint that got them there last year helped them get there again this year. But, uh, but again, there's a lot of different storylines. But to me, the the, the team that that uh, is really blowing me away is Texas. I, not that I didn't think they were good. I thought they were a good team. They had a really good year. They really had an excellent year. But and again with a lot of ups and downs too. They were good. They weren't good. They were good they had, when they needed to be. But for them to go against Tampa Bay and the Orioles and be 5-0 and, and, and convincing 5-0. Wow. <laughs> wow. There, there's a wow. There's a lot of wows in here, okay? But that that to me has really been fascinating to me. Houston getting to where they got. I thought Houston would could be a World Series team again. And they I they very well could be again. But they just run, they, they just every year you turn around, who's in the LCS? No matter what kind of year, no matter what injuries they face, no matter what, they seem to be there all the time. So, you know, so that to me is is interesting in and of itself. But I think to your larger point, to your larger point, you know, this has been the game is, is morphing, changing. Dramatically, And I think one of the things baseball wanted to do, along with the rule changes that they make to speed up the game, and they started this a couple of years ago, now this is not, this, this, this part of it is not a novelty, but they started to get away from what they were. Now, when you say what they were, does this make a better word? What does it make them? When I say what they were, the, every team is, in sports has got playoff formats and deep playoff formats. Major League Baseball didn't really – you look at the, the, the essence of the game. Many, many years, it was just the American League. You win the championship nationally. You win the dependent, you right, and you play in the World Series. That was that. Then they had the playoffs, and I, I know that's a long time ago now. But in recent years, it became – formats became more games of this – you know, uh, more uh, more wild cards, more situations where it became more, much more like a tournament than than than. Okay, we hit some playoff games before you can get to a, a like a, a championship game. It became much more of a tournament the way, you know, the NCAA tournament was is a tournament, and the way, uh, you know, the uh, the basketball tournament, and the way the NBA and more, the NBA and the NHL are, you know, ser- structured series of, you know, four of seven or whatever. Um, this became, baseball expanded to do that with much more emphasis because they wanted more teams in the postseason as opposed to less. They wanted more teams with an opportunity to win, but the idea of being that most of the time the better team will emerge, and, but you've, at least you've got some of the, the teams who didn't have as strong a year, but still decent teams in, so you have max fan interest and they really went along that route well this is the year that it came to fruition to me because of the teams that are are in this who are left standing in some cases that probably wouldn't have been before and the chalk teams that everybody thought would be you know standing right now and again there's only four left now mostly are gone so to me that's that's this is the most fascinating of it all and there's the the possibilities are endless and we'll talk about a lot of this now but but i think that answered some of your question at least part of it
0: yeah, look, the, the postseason is no longer about the best facing the best record wise. Uh, it's about who's hot at, at, at tournament time. Like you said, a tournament. Uh, let, let's strip away the executive title from John J. Filippelli. Yes. Is the baseball fan in John Filippelli in favor of the the tournament style that the postseason's become?
1: Yeah. Uh... It lessens, you know, you, you know, it's interesting because the regular season is you get, listen, you can't get to a postseason unless you play a regular season and you can't get into a postseason unless you've had some sort of success in a regular season. So you got to play a regular season. You can't mitigate the regular season, obviously, obviously. Okay. But having said that, to me now, it's like you get to a, the postseason is just, it's very different. Well, I said, that, look at the Orioles. I'll start right there. I mean, there's a team that was a terrific year, great year. And, and yet really, you know, we're just basically the Rangers just took them to the dry cleaners in three games and it was done. And, you know, not that the Rangers are a formidable team. They are. But, you know, I thought the Orioles would play much better than they did. But I think the fact that the Orioles inexperienced, I think, really showed up here. I did. And, the, and uh, you know, not that the Rangers are inexperienced, but, but they have veteran, they have some veteran players who have helped, the, the who who gone to Texas in their transformation and have helped make them, you know, I mean, Simeon is a veteran player. Corey Seeger, veteran player. Valdi, you know, veteran, veteran player. Those players help make a difference in the Rangers. That the, and the Orioles didn't have a lot of young, great, talented players, but not, not the same kind of experience. I think that's where the experience shows. So it becomes a different—it's a different season. It's and the—I mean, I like the intensity of, of October. To me, I've always said this from, from, from my earliest recollections as being in sports or being a sports fan. There's nothing, nothing like like postseason baseball, nothing. And you can do to football, basketball—they're all great sports, with a lot, lot to offer. Nothing to me is like October. Nothing. And then you start, you really saw it here. You saw it, and, and again, it's not over. You got a long way to go. But what I've seen so far, the, and again, the, the, it's it's not. It's just that the teams that I really didn't think were going to be there have outplayed the teams that I thought would be there, and that to me has been the magic of the October. And, and obviously, stars, individuals, you know, come to the cream rises to the top, or in some cases you just find cream for the first time. It just happens. But you know, we could talk. We'll talk about Harper. I'm here at some point. Sure, there's just a lot of storylines here, but but it's what's happening.
0: I definitely yeah, want to get to Bryce Harper in in a few moments. Um I, but also first and foremost, like we're still in year two of this new format. So it is still a small sample size. But when you have three 100 win teams going home early, two in the blink of an eye, with what the Orioles and uh who am I blanket on here? Uh the Dodgers, too. They they were swept as well. People I, I see this narrative. Well, because of the change in the format, people need to start altering their thinking about how they appreciate a team season. Where you could still say they had a fantastic regular season, and that's what should make 2023 memorable for Team X, Team Y, Team Z. I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> it's about winning championships, it's about raising that one banner, that one trophy. Sorry. No, my expectations are still going to be really high. It's about being, I guess, in this tournament style, the outlier team, the Houston Astros type who finds a way to get it done. Am am I being too harsh? Is that too rigid? What do you think?
1: No, I I don't think so at all. But there's also, I mean, that again, that you're right. You're you're right. And I'm not calling that a broad stroke. I'm not. You're you're right to say that. But to me, it's sort of like, you know, there's another, I mean, you you talked about Houston, Texas, right? For a second, Houston and
0: Texas. It's
1: like they hate each other. The, 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 that rivalry is intense. It's intense. It's the state of Texas. There's an intense rivalry there. And, you know, I know Houston won 9 of 13 in the regular season. At, but Texas is so hot right now. And if you say to the you say to the Ranger fans, like, this is done, you say, to them, well, you know, look at what you I say Houston wins. Look at what you've accomplished. Look at what you've done. And so look at the season that you had. And, you know, it, it had its ups and downs. But at the end, like, wow, until to, to, the, to the ALCS, you think they're going to sit there and say, like, oh, that's fine? No, right. they're not. I mean, unless you win, it's like so the letdown so you know, again, this is varies from team to team. And it's a very it's a very general statement for me to say to make this. But the reality is at the end of the day, um these series all offer different things, but they all go back to the same thing. When you when, when you start winning and you get this deep, and now if you got to the ALCS or the NLCS, you're deep. You're mm-hmm. deep over. Okay. N- now you're not looking at, well, look how much we've accomplished. You're looking at Look at what we've got in front of us. Look at the prize that's standing there. Ultimately, it's to win the World Series. And four teams, four out of 30, are left. 26 are home, four are there. are and, and Including the Arizona Diamondbacks, one game over 500. But guess what? They had to do something. They did something right to win a couple of series to get here, and they're here. Because those wild card series are, put you at a big, big disadvantage to have to win through that and to beat the teams that are higher seeded or better winner. it is in theory. And you look at that and you say, like, wow, this is what it's supposed to be. And I mean, what makes the, what makes any postseason, what makes any, like the NCAA tournament, what makes that great? It's when, you know, the the, the, the 16th you know, seed, the, yeah. the, it, it beats the, beats the, beats the one or the, whatever, the two beats the 15, the 15 beats the two, whatever it is. Those things make it great. And make it interesting. And anytime you go into a situation, you know you got to have something, even to be a third wild card. You got to have something going for you to get that far. At least get to the playoffs. Something, some part of your game has to work. And obviously, when you get to a, when you start playing in those postseason games, the, it has to work for you to win to win a series or win two. It's working for the teams that got them here. The things that the, the, there's not the weaknesses have been mitigated and their strengths have been maxim, maximized. That's why they're here. And that, to me, is part of the reason it's like, it's, to me, it's so fascinating. This is great to watch. I'm sorry. I, I love watching. Anytime you have a, give some some teams have a punchy chance to win, other teams that you look at, and go, oh, they're chalk, they should win. Guess what? Most of the chalk is home now. Mm-hmm. It's home. Not all of it, but most of it. And that, to me, is what makes this even more fascinating. Because I, other than Houston, which I gave a, a chance to be in a World Series uh, when the season started, I never saw any of the teams that are left, I didn't really see them as teams that were going to be in a World Series. But yet 75% of them have a chance.
0: Mm-hmm. So and, a- and, and I don't think the uh the topsy turvy unpredicted nature ends right here. I mean, the Rangers have a have a legit shot at testing the metal of the Astros the Diamondbacks same way their offense is built for these new rules and they have two quality starting pitchers at the top of the rotation we've seen sometimes that's all that's needed so I don't think you could just again you have the Phillies and the Astros in their respective championship series that's the chalk I don't think you go with the chalk pick just yet Um, on that note with the Astros and Phillies kind of want to focus on them here because the Astros are a different breed the Phillies haven't won anything yet but they're showing that they have the edge that teams need over the last two Octobers and over the last several years an overwhelming majority of teams in the sport they call the postseason a crapshoot and I think it unnerves a certain faction of fans because the Astros don't seem like they subscribe to that and to me if that's not the mantra for the team in its seven straight ALCS here. And it doesn't have to be for the other 29 clubs. It doesn't seem like it that way for the Phillies either. So, John, agree or disagree here? Even though the postseason has become more random, unpredictable, the team with the championship DNA will still rise above here. You agree or disagree?
1: Mostly. I mostly agree uh, in that having been there before really does matter. I think it does matter. I mean, you know, you, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I thought, I thought the 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 example of that was was the you know, uh, I, I I know the Rangers that had been rebuilt, whatever. But the 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 a the, uh, the the Orioles, I think they're inexperienced really, really in uh, postseason inexperience, I thought showed up. Again, you learn from it, you know, next time, next year, whether they come back, they're going to be a force for years to come. I think they learn from it, they'll build off on it. But I think the Houston's experience is is not to be is not to be uh, you know, put uh, shunned aside. They have great experience, and I think that's one of the reasons they're such a good team. You know, and I think the 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 uh, the, the uh, veteran, like I mentioned before, the Rangers and some of the players that they've got th- that experience. Sometimes it's not team experience; it's individual experience. But the players that they picked up and they were rebuilt, and and, and the the wise signings of free agency and stuff, have made them put them in a position where they're in right now. It's it, you look. You, maybe you don't see it in the beginning of the season, middle of a season, but as the season unfolds, you start to see. The experience of teams that you know give them an edge. What makes one team better than another? What makes one manager stronger, maybe than another? It usually goes down to experience and being able to draw upon those qualities that that you know get you through the long grind of a season. And when you're in a postseason, if you make a postseason, those those same experience, those same qualifications, those same depth and breadth of experience, will can, can carry you very far. And you will see, you that in some cases, you know, the, team, the, the teams that are left to the veteran teams. and other teams that are here on athleticism, and we'll, we'll get to that too. They're all here for different reasons. But, uh, you know, and again, we're jumping here, but, but, but there is a commonality to this thing. Like, the, the Phillies, There's this is not a fluke now. I mean, what they, did, they didn't get to the World Series, you could say, well, that, what, well, guess what? They're, they're, they're not far away from getting to another World Series. And this is a team that, if you went through the last couple, with, especially with the Braves in your division, and you know, and that's a that's a form. Of, they got some, some power in that in that East. And you look at it, you know what? And and you and the, the Phillies now have to be considered, you know, one of the elite teams in the game. They do not, not because they got to a World Series last year, but, but because of what they've done so far this year and who they you know, where they could go. So you can't mitigate them either. So again, we're talking a lot of, but but it's actually an interesting part of the conversation because because it does talk to. It talks to the, the the wide openness of this thing, right? You peak teams here that are experienced, teams here that aren't experienced, teams here that you, you see, yeah, they have a shot that should be here before they've been here. But other teams, how are they here? Why are they still here? It's like, so you've got that. It's an interesting, eclectic uh, uh, philosophy, a uh, 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 various philosophy as to why these four teams are here. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and, and- for the morning after, like I mean, we're recording this the, the day after the Braves were sent home. Just like that's one fan base that's probably sulking at the moment, and how so much was against them with uh, a long layoff and the whole Orlando Arcia comment about Bryce Harper. I don't even want to get into that because it's such a, a big nothing, in my opinion. But I, I feel like I'm I'm a guy without any sympathy here for these for these teams that are regular season juggernauts, and I'm okay with that.
1: But like, was it? But was it? What was that so innocuous? I mean, Harper didn't take it as innocuous. I mean, Harper, you know, Harper was like, I mean, it seemed like he was fueled by it.
0: Well, I thought it was, I thought it was innocuous in the journalistic nature that people were trying to spin it to be, Uh for its bulletin board material for right. point blank. And that's, I think that's where it should have ended.
1: Well, I was just going with it to a player like Harper, who is yeah. such an emotional player he's so driven by emotion so you know you don't going to give him a reason for anything right it's they totally him reason i mean not that he needed one he's a great player he's gonna you know but but honestly the the fact that he hits home runs and he's staring right at him he goes right yeah. stares right at him <laughs> it's like yeah okay you got to say that again then he does the slash thing on and then to the slash moves i don't like that very much but but having said that i mean that's all driven by emotion and you know what this time of year because again, it's a long season. Players are exhausted. You're going on adrenaline half the time. You're going on fumes, and that motivation sometimes that extra not that you need it, but sometimes it doesn't. It doesn't hurt you. That extra motivation that you get from, from something that's maybe arcane, is something that's some innocuous kind of, it Seems like innocuous, but it isn't really. Um, is it? Is it going to be the difference maker? Because it's what fuels it, drives it. Drives your passion.
0: Yeah, I think the Braves made it a big deal because they knew it would eventually motivate a guy like Bryce Harper. Let's spend a moment on Bryce because <laughs> I think he's the, the the player that all I should be on this month for the last two years now. He's hit big home runs. He's pretty much the equivalent to the, you know, it, for for Yankee fans, he's the Phillies' Aaron Judge. Players look up to him. Players take influence from him, how he control situations. They all draw from what they're seeing from their – you know captain without title bryce harper here but when you take a look at this guy's career here on the cover of sports illustrated what as at 16 a lot of hype surrounding him on his way to the majors top overall pick two-time mvp now uh true or false let's play some true or false john for his career bryce harper has exceeded everyone's expectations
1: true I think even with all the all the expectations that were there, and there were quite there were a lot of expectations. Hasn't not a uh, not a championship yet, right? The so one, but other than that, I would say yes, he has. Despite a lot of injuries, there's been a lot of injuries in there too, and you have to can't can't mitigate that. But having said that, the end result, of two MVPs, getting them to the World Series of a huge part of getting the World Series last year, and a huge part of them being in the playoff position they're in right now. Harper, so yes, I'd say yes.
0: Yeah, I would say yes as well. I think the championship would put him over the top for sure. He's on the path to a Hall of Fame career. And I don't know of another player, and stop me if you could find one, who wears the passion of his respective city on his chest. On, I mean, the lining of his suit, literally, is the city of Philadelphia. I don't know if there's another player like that in baseball right now than Bryce Harper.
1: No, no. he's yeah. He's proud of playing for the Phillies. Uh, you know, he, he's, uh, he's become, you know, he's emblematic of who they are, you know, in the, his representation of them and also in the way in which he plays, he's he's gritty, he's gritty, he's passionate, he's talented, he's, uh, not afraid to, 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 uh, take out a challenge you know he's put a team on his back follow me here get right on my back let's go and he's done does a time after time after time after time he's a true leader he's a true leader of that team he's a true leader in, in every sense of the, the baseball expression the definition of it and uh He's a great player. I mean, there's no two ways about it. He's a great player, and the only question is always to him is always how many games can you get because he's he's had some injury issues. Yeah, but you know what? So what? But you look at the time he's been on the field. You look at the production. He maximizes his production, and he seems like he really has become. He's really a big October player, a huge October player, and it's like you know. I don't want to say Reggie esque. But I will say, you know, maybe he's not Mr. October, but he's like, you know, whatever the, 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 the three days take a month is how many days? Usually 30. So for 27 days, he's whatever he is. Yeah, he's a great player. He just is. And and uh, and uh, he's great to watch in October. He's what October is supposed to be about. Yeah. He, he gets big hits and makes big plays at big moments.
0: He finds ways to meet the moment. And I think his ability to overcome those injuries, like you're mentioning, because he does have a lot of them. It adds to the greatness. Yeah. I think that's that's part of part of his greatness there. All right, Mm -hmm. Uh, which championship series intrigues you the most? Is it the uh, All Texas ALCS or the NLCS?
1: They're both intriguing, obviously. For and I I think for different reasons. To me, Uh, you know, uh, the the uh, the American League one interests me the most, though, because you know, more. I mean, I spend more time watching the American League, so I know more about the American League. You follow nationally, but obviously, but I don't know the way I know the American League, and. to me, the, the intensity of the, the rivalry, because these teams really don't like each other. They just don't. So you start with that. And then you've got the managers who are both fascinating, Pochi and Baker, different styles, but interesting in themselves. You've got a team that's been, just got there on a rebuild, a really quick rebuild. You know, after, when I say rebuild, they got put together rather quickly from, from the ashes and, and got them to where they are right now. Amazing. They've done an amazing job. And Houston, who seems like every time we turn around, there's an LCS and they're standing right there. You know so there's the consistency of that so there's a lot of you know there's a lot of you know interest in, and the star players who are in this thing I'm like you have stars all over the place you, you you, you texas is you know we mentioned the players before they have and, and but seager to me is so so big seager is such a really good player and watching him he's he's like you know you know look there this is where we about free agency where you know we talked about what you do before with free agency is you know you when you're at a point where you you really feel you're ready to win and you've got a nucleus of some other things and you start to it's like you know to me it's like crushed red pepper I always use this analogy it's like too much of it and it burns your mouth but a little of it can really accentuate flavor and get you where you know to do what it's supposed to do sometimes too much free agency you know it's you know it costs a lot of money to sign free agents it's uh, it you know so sometimes that uh, if you uh, you know to, uh, to 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 get where you need to get uh, and you know, and, and so that always has to be a consideration. Sometimes there, there are, there, it's hard. Sometimes and again, if you miss on a free agent, you know, you've, you know, you've, 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 sometimes you've had to give up a lot to get to that free agent, and you've missed. So it's not always a given that when you sign a big name player who looks like on paper they can really help you, that they turn around and actually help you. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. As in, we could talk about free agent acquisitions that have been great, the ones that have been busts, and that busts sometimes out, outweigh those who, who look like, you know, they sound at the time they seem like great deals, but they really weren't. But you're talking about hitting on all cylinders, Texas hit on all cylinders. I mean, other than maybe DeGrom. You know, they spent a lot of money to get the ground. And it didn't work for them. Okay. But the other the three agents that they acquired have really been so important to their rise and ascent and, and what they've been able to do. So athletically, and again, you know, th- that that storyline of that season, they started off so well. And then they, they rain and then they hit a tip boy, they they were they couldn't win a game. They could not literally win a game. And everybody said, well, there you go. They, they, so they, maybe all those things weren't what they're supposed to be. And they, see they're really not that good. The, the litmus test of 162 games, da-da-da-da. And then what happens? They turn around at the end and and then you know, all right, they make they barely get there, but they get there. And then what happens is they play two teams that on paper or look better, look like they're, you know, they're favored. And what happened? They go, they didn't just beat them, they annihilated them come apart. So now they're facing the real test in Houston. So that to me is going to be, that's an interesting series because of that, because Houston has been, every time they're just, they're just, you got to, they're like vampires, okay? You just got to stake them when you can and get rid of them, the Astros, because if you don't do that, they're going to be there. They're just going to be there. And guess what? You turn around, who's standing there? Right, the Houston. They just always are gonna be there. And you could, you could, if you're a Yankee fan, you probably can't stand them and you don't want them there. And a lot of pe- people don't like the Astros for a lot of different reasons. And there's some validity to not liking them, but you know what? There's also a lot of validity to admiring them because they could play baseball and they find a way to win, no matter what they have to overcome. Injuries to you know to Cy Young candidates, you know, Altuve's out for, you know, MVP caliber player, MVP winner. It's out for thanks to time, injuries all over here, the age catching up to them in certain places, you know, and losing players that you say they should lose this player, or that player, but yet they do. But then who steps in? You know you, you you know you you lose spring whatever you get a Tucker you get Alvarez comes along and becomes the, I mean the, the force that he's become and so you sit there and they lose people but then they just replace them they find a way to do it they find they find magic in places they find talent in places other people don't see it and they seem to be as an organization they seem to be you know the one that you look at you, see, you have to admire for all they're able to do and accomplish because whenever there's a problem they have, they figure out a way to fix it They just do. And that's the reason that they're still standing there, always standing there. You know, to me, I used to say to people who would say to me, who bet, I'm not a gambler, but people who do bet, they'd say to me, well, you know what? You bet this, you bet that. I said, no, no, I would never do that. If I was ever going to place a bet, I bet on organizations. I bet on organization because the players come and they go. It's the organization that puts them together and keeps them, you know, on the straight and narrow. Strong organizations find a way to get it done. Mm -hmm. They just do.
0: Right there. Look. Uh, the, the the fan in me it, it's tough for me to openly root for the Astros like you said, but I, I try to live and go down a path with that mindset all the time uh, and whatever you know works in front of me, find a way to get it done. Like if you're a college student right now listening and you have a big paper coming I don't even know midterms coming up and you're up against it right you've been procrastinating right Just find a way to get it done. I, I try and go about my life that way. So it's an endearing quality. With the baseball team at the moment, they just find ways to do it in October. So I'm intrigued in the Astros continuing to get it done, figure out ways to win on the highest stage with the ALCS. And I do love that two decorated managers over age 65 are going head-to-head as well here in this series. But I'm going to take the other series here, John. I'm probably a little bit more intrigued by the NLCS. I think both teams embody what baseball has been this year. D-backs with the athleticism. Uh, Plays right into the new rules. They have two terrific starting pitchers in Gallen and Kelly. Phillies have a collection of young talent that's built around those high-priced stars. So they have the young collection of players that are homegrown. But look, the stars are the centerpiece. The free agents are the centerpiece in that one. So, um, and they have two terrific starting pitchers in themselves. Um, The Phillies are modeled in a way where I think a lot of teams are going to be looking at them If they go and complete this task, get eight more wins, because it seems like they've they've answered a few questions here that are really important. One, how do they accurately identify the makeup in the talent that they bring into the organization? Uh, Another one is and I think this is also a little bit of randomness, but how how have they largely kept high velocity pitchers healthy for the long haul here? Right. And then also, how do they strike the balance of incorporating analytical information and allowing what's happening in real time in front of your eyes between the lines? How do they influence uh, their decision making? How does how does that combo influence their decision making? So there's a lot to like from a baseball standpoint with the Phillies. I'm a little bit more intrigued with the NLCS. I have to go,
1: back, a little. go back once. We forgot one thing. Rob Thompson. That's right. Let's 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 spend a minute on Rob Thompson. Okay, he was a Yankees Yankee bench coach for a zillion years. Yankee coach for a long time. Really good guy. Really good guy. Not a, like a good guy. Really good guy. And you know, got an opportunity because they the Phillies decided to replace Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi is a, is a very good baseball manager. Known Joe Girardi a lot of years. Good guy too. At least my experiences with Joe have been good. And um, you know, but you know, it didn't wasn't working out. It just wasn't working out. Maybe Joe was a little too old school, uh, you know, and and the players were, you know, weren't getting the messaging he was sending. I don't know in the essence what at the end was the, the but it certainly wasn't win, winning and it wasn't responding to what the message Joe was sent. They put Thompson and Robin on a, basically on an interim basis. It was, okay, just try to see what happens. We, we're off to a bad, stuff. the season might probably be done, okay? But it wasn't. And Rob took a took a whole different institutional approach to this thing, totally different. You know, he manages different than Girardi did. He's a different personality than Joe, and the team responded to what Rob Thompson put out there. Um, Rob was open to a lot of things. Uh, you know, he, he I think in his mind he said he's wanted an opportunity to manage for a long time and didn't get it, didn't get it. I think when he finally got it, he didn't sit there and said, "Well, watch, I'm going to show you what I could do." He just went out and said, you know what? This is my philosophy. These are my approaches. They're giving me the job. I've got nothing to lose. I probably don't even have it. I mean, so I'm going to have to just maybe win some games and maybe make an impression on somebody else that maybe I could manage and they'll give me an opportunity finally. Well, he did a lot more than that. So he changed the whole approach of that team. And by doing what he did in the way, the manner in which he did it, because his manner is easy go. It's an easy go, and He's got some fire to him. When he wants to show fire, he does. But he doesn't show fire as a matter of fire. He shows it when he absolutely needs to do it. It's not his approach. Much easier approach. And I think that, especially with the veterans, really worked well. I'm not saying that Joe had trouble with you know with Harper or being all those guys. I don't think they did or didn't but but I will tell you that they really embrace Thompson. and I think that that is part of the reason that they've been able to like the 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 The, the, uh, the, tension, the, the whatever tension was there is not there with him. And to play really good baseball, you can't have tension. You can't be, you know, I mean there's situations that are going to be intense, but but I'm talking about natural day-to-day tension. You can't have that in an organization our team. Thompson removed any of that, removed it totally. And I think that's the reason one of the reasons the Phillies became the Phillies, because they respond to Tom. You gotta respond to who's, who's who's got the reins. They responded to who had the reins. I think that matters.
0: Well said. I think uh Rob Thompson strikes a perfect balance in getting everything you can out of your players if you're you're a baseball manager here so that's that's another element of all this and uh credit to him for making a tough bullpen decision in game four in the elimination game bringing his closer into the seventh inning those are the types of moves that i'm that i'm talking about here the action unfolding in front of him and he had the gumption to go make it and if it turned out to be the wrong move if kimbrell came up empty he was going to be eviscerated it turned out to be the right move because they got through it and they ended up winning. He had trust in his other relievers to get those uh, final handful of outs. So, yeah, I'm rooting for for Rob Thompson. I'm rooting for a lot of former Yankees that are still in it, among the final four. And uh, they're going to be exciting. I really do. I think we're going to see a continuation of all four of these teams playing well. And they're going to be playing well against one another. So, uh, all right, John, anything else to discuss before we land the plane this episode?
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, listen. There are there are so many layers to these series and things. Uh, one of the things that I found we, we talked about. Let's go back on Arizona just a little bit. Uh, you one again. The, one of the reasons I thought. I mean, I didn't. I mean, I definitely never saw them here. To be honest with you, I mean, I, I'm not. I don't think I'm alone. Said so, you said <laughs> Arizona. Well, they played the Yankees at the end of the season last last year season, and the Yankees beat them in this at the stadium. Won the series from them. I mean, I saw some really good athleticism from, um, I saw Carol as a hell of a player. You know, I, I mean, I saw things that I, I liked some of the players, you know, I, I like I said, I don't see them day to day. I don't, you know, I'm not, you live in New York, you know. I don't know how many people said, I'm going home and watch the Arizona Diamondbacks. You know, you, you know, if you're a baseball fan, you probably don't do that. Um, not that you shouldn't, but you just don't because you don't have the time and it's not going to be a team that's going to say, i better got to watch, this must watch television. You know, you don't take it like that. But, when I got a chance to see them, I saw some athleticism, and I said, "You know, the, now looking back on hindsight, but that's okay. We can have a little hindsight here." Um, one of the things that you—it you, you, shouldn't, honestly, shouldn't be a shock—but would explain why they are where they are is—and you mentioned it earlier—the rule changes. They—they they had what you know, I don't—they had the, the, the right situation, right time, but they had the things that took advantage of the rule changes. It's speed. Mm-hmm. speed. So and athleticism, so important in this game, the way it's now structured, bases are shorter, right? You know, it's like this, so therefore, you know, speed becomes an essence, it's still in the base, going first to third, manufacturing doing building runs like that becomes much more important and, and much more attainable because of the shorter, you know, it seems it's just a little bit shorter, but it's, in baseball that makes a big difference. So, so they were prepared for that. The elimination of the ships, speed, again, plays into the athleticism, plays into that. They were, that really helped them too. Those uh, and then the, the, to your point, we talk about you need not only need pitching, but if you're in a play, you can't win with two starters in Major League Baseball. You can't, but in a postseason, especially three short series, you can absolutely win. With and and the teams that have won, will go back, go back historically and look at you know Schilling and Johnson. Go look at the Nationals a couple of years ago. Dominant starting pitching. Mm-hmm top of the rotation, you gotta have at least two guys. If you can have two guys, you could really ride this thing. They got to be good. They, they, there's no room for like, because especially with that, there's really not a lot of room for, for 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 you know for leeway here. But if they can play to their potential at the top, you've got it, we've got a you've got a chance. You got a chance to win anything. You know, nothing makes you favorite, but it does give you a big chance. Everything plays to that for them. So they're going to be interesting. You're right. To your point, they're going to be interesting. I don't see them at the end of the day standing with the Phillies. I just don't. I mean, but again, I've made some other predictions here. I thought, I mean, if you said to me the Braves would be out. I say, you're out right, of your mind. What's Braves? I no, can't be out. They're way too good to be out.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to bring up the fact you were really bullish on the Toronto Blue Jays. But I was. I, I was.
1: Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I also thought the Mariners I've, Mariners were my, were my pick <laughs> to go very far in October. They didn't playoffs. So, you know, I mean, barely, but still at all. But hey, that's the game.
0: Now, Arizona Diamondbacks second in baseball and stolen bases this season. And again, the two starting pitchers, Merrill Kelly, Zach Gallen going right up head to head with the Phillies with Nola and Wheeler. You have that series. You have the Rangers and the Astros, all Texas ALCS. It's going to be fun. John, I wish you a uh, very happy and healthy viewing experience for both championship series. And uh, this weekend, if you happen to be inspired and pick up the camera, I wish you a a fantastic uh, photography journey as well.
1: The leaves are changing, you know, so Uh-oh. it's a fun, that's always a fun kind of, <laughs> I mean, when I was younger, a lot younger, he said to me, you know, you're going to look forward to the leaves changing. I said, what? <laughs> really? Seriously? <laughs> but at certain point in your life, so it's it's a part of life. It's fun, it's, it's something else, and uh, yeah, well, the, the life is a series of, of experiences, and hopefully most of them are positive, and uh, you have that, you have a good life, so anyway, thanks, appreciate it, and uh, yes, I've been could- watching baseball.
0: Yes, I could tell like the uh, the leaves changing for, for photographers like Pavlov ringing the, the bell for the dog. So, uh, Something so like enjoy. Uh, same, same. <laughs> That's John J. Filippelli. I'm Justin Shackle. Our producer, Dan Busone with us as well. Thanks so much for listening. If you are not already subscribed, please do so. That way you don't miss the latest episode here of the Curtain Call podcast. We wish you all a very happy viewing of the championship series. We'll talk to you before the World Series here on the Curtain Call podcast, a production of the Yes Network. Take care, everybody.